Hi, my name is Jordan Lytle. Welcome back to the Collected Nonsense Podcast, a podcast about music, games, and other nonsense. And we're recording a somewhat impromptu podcast yet again without a whole lot of preparation. It's been a busy few weeks. So with me, I have my co-host, Zachary Bruno. Zachary, how are you doing? Pretty good, man. How are you? Pretty good. What have you been up to this week? Um, lately, I've been trying to work on my um, ambient kind of chill out music EP and uh, collaborate with uh, a couple people on that project. Cool. Who have you been collaborating with? Uh, well, let's see. We have a drummer that I met in Illinois, and we have an artist who I know from California. Oh, cool. Can we go listen to any of their stuff anywhere, or do you know? Um, I listened to the guy, the drummer's uh, uh, stuff uh, while I was at the the uh, Pilgrim Fest uh, music festival that we talked about last week, um, but I haven't I haven't really listened to any of his drum stuff in particular. Um, and then the artist in California is is a uh, visual artist who's um, going to help me out and uh, I guess kind of collaborate on kind of the whole the visual aspect of uh, the cover art and and such. Okay, cool. So is this is this like a multi song project or just working together on a song or two? It is. It's um, as far as the collaborations go uh, with with the drum part. It might be just one song, but uh, but the EP has uh, I think it's going to have probably around five or six songs. Cool. So is it kind of in the same vein of the stuff you've been doing on your SoundCloud, or is it yes. something new? Yes, new style. Definitely, definitely the um, same vein. It's 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 basically. Um, a selection of some of the songs that I have already posted and they're kind of just like revamped. Cool. Look forward to hearing it. Thanks, man. Been up to anything else or mostly just that and work, I assume? Yep, yep. Starbucks and uh, music. Yep. So I've been mostly working as usual and other than that, didn't really get a whole lot done. Kind of wasn't feeling well over the weekend, so I didn't really do anything. Yeah, that's about it. Uh, so how about music? You've been listening to new music this week. Yes, uh, I should probably introduce the band of the week. And um, as we talked about last week, if you've listened to our last podcast, the band of the week uh, this week is Lights. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Um, this is a, not really, I mean, it's a band, it's more of a, it's actually a name um, of a musician, and I think the long story short was this: this um, this girl wanted to to make a band. I guess she she had a project, or she had a a name for what she called who she was, and that was Lights, and that was her nickname, I guess, as a kid. Um, and she, when she got signed to the label, she didn't have, uh, she couldn't use that name because. The, the label already had a band under that name. So she basically, the only way for her to keep the name that she had was to legally change her name to Lights. So she legally changed her first name to Lights um, in order to keep really? the name. Yeah. That's actually really interesting. Yeah. It's a creative solution. So, um, so yeah, she it's, it's cool because she's Canadian and I'm Canadian. So that's kind of uh, cool to, to see, um, I guess, but uh, she's she's uh, from uh, Ontario, Canada, 
um, about, I think it was about like seven hours from where I grew up. So that's pretty cool. Um, and it's electronic, uh, synth pop is what Wikipedia categorizes it under, but, um, it's, it's a different kind of music. It's definitely not, um, it's not your typical pop music that you listen to, or most people think of pop music. They think of pretty boring, pretty repetitive music. It's, this is not really anything like that. It's, um, it's, it's kind of a certain type of, it's very electronic, very, um, very, uh, musical. And if that's a, a way to describe music, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. So, so lights, um, is the, the name of the, the band or the, the person, the musician, I guess, if you want to say, and, um, I guess an album, I wouldn't really recommend a specific album because they're all really good. Um, she also has acoustic an acoustic, uh, version of one of her albums as well, which is actually really good too. So I, it's all really good, really, really good quality stuff. Um, and so what do you think your favorite song by her is? Um, that's a good question. Um, I like drive my soul, which is a good one. Um, I actually, you know, come to think about it, I kind of like her, her acoustic uh, version, maybe almost better than some of her, um, her electronic, her electronic stuff is good, but the acoustic stuff, it really gets, um, a lot more. It seems like there's a lot more heart in the song. Um, but that being said, there are some some songs, uh, some electronic songs that she has that are pretty heartfelt. Um, Drive My Soul is really good. Um, what was the other one? There was also another one called uh, Siberia, which is the title of one of her albums. But I kind of wish that I had listened to her stuff more, um, especially like right before I did this. But I know like I had I had listened to like almost all of her stuff uh on a car trip um back from Texas one day and I just kind of I kind of fell in love with the music. It was pretty I find that's a good, good time to go listen to stuff is when you're on a long trip or something, you have like ten, fifteen, twenty hours to just sit there and like you don't have anything else you're doing, might as well pick out a bunch of stuff on Spotify, just put it on shuffle and just see if anything sticks out to you. Yeah. It's, I find, nope. it's, it's just, or, um, it's kind of a cool, cool time to, to just, uh, relax. I guess you don't really have to think about anything else. Well, it's kind of funny cause I, I tend to find that I find a lot of the songs that I like, not by like going and listening to like actively listening to an album and then you know, deciding which songs that I like. I just end up leaving music on in the background and not really paying attention to it at all. And then suddenly I'll be like, what song is this? This sounds good. And then I'll end up listening to it a ton because you know, some songs will start out like I don't like the intro or whatever. And so I, I wouldn't normally pay attention to it, but because it was just on in the background and I happened to notice like, wow, I really like the chorus on this song. I end up going to listen to it over and over. So, um, so yeah, check out, um, check out lights. Um, let's see. I'm pretty sure I was just looking through, uh, her Wikipedia 
and I'm seeing um, but the whole um, really the the way that I discovered lights was through Owl City. So it's not surprising that um, she was. It seems like she was featured on. A, oh, she was featured on... Okay, so yeah, she was featured on a music video for one of Owl City's songs, Deer in the Headlights, so I remember that. Um, so if you check oh, out really? Deer in the Headlights, yeah, it's, it's during the bridge of the song. She's like at a gas station or something. They're at a gas station, and it's kind of a funny, funny, quirky uh, thing. But yeah, you can check out that. Um, so style-wise, is her stuff similar to Owl City's stuff, or is it completely different? It's similar, I'd say. Okay. I might like it then. I like Owl City. Yeah. It's been a while since I listened to any of his stuff, though. I think the last thing of his that I listened to was... Uh, I can't even remember. It's been a while. When did you When did you first uh, find out about Owl City? I think I was in the car on the way to a campout. So, yeah, on a road trip. We were just listen- uh, me and one of my friends just listening to a bunch of music and... He stuck an Owl City CD and we listened to that for a while. It was good. Okay. At the time, I didn't really listen to a whole lot of that style. Actually, I still don't listen to a whole lot of music in that style, but at that time, it was not something I would have thought that I would have enjoyed because my musical taste was a lot more narrow, but I enjoyed it a lot. I think Fireflies was probably the first song of his that I heard, which I think is the case for most people. Right. And then I heard Hello Seattle. Yeah, that one's good. And then I listened to a bunch of his other stuff, but those are the two that I remember the most. It's probably the ones I've heard the most, too. We we might have to make Owl City the band of the week next week. So I don't know if we've already done that. I know we talked about him a little bit, but... Yeah, I don't think we have. Yeah, because it's interesting, and I know a lot of... Like a lot of his newer stuff, I don't really particularly like as much. But anyway, we can, I guess we could leave that for next week. But, um, yeah, he's good though. He's definitely changed his style. Yeah. He, I think he released a country song just recently. Really? I know. I'll he have did, to listen yeah. to it. Yeah. What is it? You might have to send me a link to it. Okay. And find it. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of, it's definitely really cool. It's just not. I mean, if you if you saw Owl City, or if you I mean if you heard of him at the beginning, you know that like his older stuff is just completely different almost because it's just it's he went from like synth pop to like pop, which is it's like a really narrow genre to like a ginormous genre, um, and he does everything now, which is cool. I mean, it's good for him and stuff, but. But yeah, well, it's kind of cool to see an artist do more diverse things. But I tend to find that a lot of times when artists do something like that, where they move from a less, um, I guess, narrow style into into doing all sorts of different things, then I actually like less of their music. Like I still like it, but I tend to find that a smaller percentage of their songs grab me because I don't know. I, I can enjoy lots of kinds of music, but I don't really, really love lots of kinds of music yeah if that makes I, any I, sense i totally agree i think like for me the the thing with owl city was it was the charm of his songs at the beginning when i first listened to it the whole reason i liked his songs was was the uh 
it was just you know his lyrical style his the 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 way he did his melodies and stuff and now like uh it's more like i look up to the guy as as a guy like this musician that's really cool and he he does really cool stuff and as a musician as an artist i look up to him that way but like his music i'm not that in love with you know yep definitely worth listening to though yeah yeah all right so that's the band of the week i mean al said he's not the band of the week but that wraps up that section i guess so how about games have you played any games um i don't want to be cliche or repeating but like uh lord of the rings online does that count and that is a game, yes. Okay, yeah. Then yes, I have. Anything new with that? Any interesting quests? Interesting little well-designed portions of the game or anything stuck um, out to you? I'd say uh, I'm I'm kind of this I'm kind of a realist and a non-realist at the same time. It just I confuse myself, but like sometimes I'll be playing the game and I'll be like, this is so not realistic because. There's certain parts of the game where you can, like, you can mail things to each other. So, like, you can mail, like, a weapon or whatever, like, a resource or whatever you want. You can mail things to... So, basically, I play with my friends, and um, we're on a Skype call together, so we're kind of in a guild or whatever it's called. It's called a fellowship, but... Um, and so we, we mail stuff to each other for to help each other out, you know, and um, sometimes... I'll get certain things and it's like how do you how do you mail like 51 uh ash wood or whatever or like you know it's like I that part of the game really bugs me and then there's other parts like where it's UPS man didn't you know that uh there was UPS in the Lord of the Rings universe what UPS what's UPS freight (laughs) I mean, you can send anything. Yeah. Um, I was thinking more like FedEx, but uh, I guess... I mean, that works too, but... Yeah. They don't charge you, though, so... I mean, I think this, in that sense, Lord of the Rings is way, way more legit. Yeah, too bad you can't send actual items. Yeah, no, right? It'd be, it'd be nice. <laughs> but, like, you can call your horse um, from anywhere you are. Like, I have a, I have this horse that I got. So, like, in the middle of nowhere, I could, like, press a button, and then the horse will just appear. Or I'll have, um, and I can understand some of the things, like, you know, there's other, in Lord of the Rings, there's other forces and stuff that allow you to do certain things, but that is just, like, there's no explanation for that. It just, like, appears out of nowhere, or, you know, you mail an item, you can see that you have mail, like, like thousands of miles away from your base but like you can't read your mail how do you know that you have mail when you're when you're that far away like i guess it's just one of those things that's like from a design perspective it's great to make things realistic but there's a point there's a balance between making things realistic and making things just not fun right like there's a line there because the problem is if you make it purely realistic where it's like oh you want to call a horse well uh, you just want to get faster from point A to point B, but you have to go to point C just to get your horse to begin with. Then it just becomes not fun. 
it's just one of those things. I mean, there's I guess there's games like Skyrim where you actually do have to go get your horse for a while. Although there is a point, spoilers, later in the game where you can get a horse that you can just summon. But, right. Well, I can, I can see summoning. Summoning a horse is different than just, like, calling a horse. You know? Um, the other thing about the game that really frustrated me was that I could not fight. I could not call my horse. I, can, I couldn't do anything while I was in battle. So, like, I couldn't fight while on horseback. And, yeah, I guess, uh, like, in The Witcher, it's really cool because you can fight on horseback, and that's actually really fun because you can ride through the battlefield and, you know, chop somebody's head off as you ride by. But it's one of those things in MMOs where a lot of times it's because of the way the combat works, you have to be on the ground the whole time, which is a pain, but... I mean, like, I played a while back, I played the uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Yeah, that's what it's called. I keep getting... Wait, is it? No, it's the old, Star Wars The Old Republic. Keep getting those two confused. And one of the things in that was you could have a speeder, which you could summon like that, and you just appear out of nowhere, and you could ride it around. But the problem is if an enemy shoots at you from, you know, halfway across the map, and they hit you, you immediately lose your speeder and have to be on foot again which is really annoying yes, if you're trying to go yeah. past enemies and you're not trying to level right now you're trying to get to some quest to finish something it can get annoying that's exactly what happened happens in the lord of the rings online it's, just, it's like as soon as somebody attacks you like an animal it, on your horse you're you're down so i mean it's convenient because of the limitation of the game where you can't fight on horseback so it automatically knocks you off but like you know, I part of it too to... is that they're trying to prevent you from just riding through all the enemies to get to the objective, right? Because then you don't end up leveling, you don't get any experience, which becomes more of a pain, right? Right, right, true. Yeah, it's a trade-off. I might have to play it sometime just to see, see what it's like. Yeah, it's definitely not something I would play on my own because it's just, I don't know. It's one of those games where I'd either become. I used to be this. I used to be like the guy that played incessantly for like days and days just to just to get ahead you know and if i don't if i don't have that mentality then i'm pretty laid back and i don't really care but just like those are kind of like my comments about the realism and stuff like i just kind of comment off the off the cuff about that kind of stuff it's like wow it's kind of dumb but <laughs> you know yeah i mean there are minor annoyances but there's still annoyances, especially when you run into them all the time. But, I mean, that's just one of the things about MMOs. There are a lot of things like that are that are just really grindy because it's supposed to be a long-term thing. It's supposed to make you take your time, right? which is not always fun. Sometimes it is. Yeah. So what, are, what like... about the music in the game? Is it like the normal Lord of the Rings soundtrack? Do they do something different? It's a good question. Game? I have not watched the Lord of the Rings before, so I don't... Really? Yeah. So I wouldn't you know... Should. Yeah. Um, They're good. So what from a, I guess from the perspective of somebody who has not watched the movies, what do you think of the music in the game? And what is it, what is it like? Um, honestly, I turned down <laughs> the music and the sound uh, for the most part, or at least substantially. So I don't, I guess if that says anything about it. It's it's yeah it's probably what you'd expect as far as Lord of the Rings goes and um as far as like and uh, you know it, it's something that's in the era that it's in 
probably more renaissance kind of like <laughs> that's not even a word but like um something that you'd find in the renaissance period or, or something like that medieval kind of um but definitely probably more orchestral too like it's yeah, i was gonna say like film a lot of the music in the movies is not you know, it's it's not the in-game music. It's the music coming out of the magical speakers in the sky or whatever, you know, the, it, like in movies. It's just an orchestral soundtrack that has elements of things that would sound like they'd be from the world, but it's not music in the world. So maybe it's different in the game. Maybe I'll have to play it and report back. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting because I, really, I never really paid attention to the music because it's just background music. It's not something that... I guess it didn't catch my ear enough for me to, to kind of say, hey, that's cool music. I didn't used to pay attention to music in games at all. And then I slowly, like, as I played more games, started to listen to the stuff that's in the background. And some of them, like in The Witcher 3, there was one tune from the game, which I can't remember off the top of my head now, but it was good enough that I was, uh, I was like humming it later and then was like, what is that from? And I realized, oh, that's from The Witcher. It was just the music in that game is really good. And that's, it's all the kind of thing that would be in the world. In some cases, like you'll walk into a, like a tavern or whatever, and there'll be music in there that sounds like it would be played there. So it's it's all that's all really good. And so I actually enjoyed listening, like especially on the loading screens and stuff, when they have music just playing. I actually enjoyed listening to the music because it was good. It can really add a lot to a game. It can also really take away from it if you end up with like one you know 30 second loop that plays over and yeah. over and over yep i'd also been playing a little bit of mass effect 2 this past week actually i finished it on saturday I started playing it a long time ago and then recently picked it up again this week and i noticed some of the music in that like most of it i just didn't care about but there are a couple songs and i'd almost like to find them and download them because they sounded a lot like the music in Blade Runner, which is one of my favorite movies. Like, I really like that movie. And the music in it's really good. It's very, like, futuristic sounding, and it fit both Blade Runner and Mass Effect pretty well. But I, I get the feeling that you've neither played Mass Effect nor watched Blade Runner. Yep. <laughs> That's a good feeling. Yeah, so uh, Blade Runner is really good. It's a it's a movie with Harrison Ford and it's set in the future. He's a detective. I, I forget what his actual, what the name of it is in the movie, but basically what he does is there are these, uh, robot uh, people, synthetic people called replicants okay. that are, were manufactured to do menial labor. And sometimes they get out of the zones that they're allowed to live in and he has to track them down and uh, dispose of them. And so the movie is that like he, he had retired or whatever and a group of them escaped. And so they bring him back to track down these replicants. And so it's the whole story of that. But the whole, like the the movie looks really great from an aesthetic pers perspective. I really like all the colors. And basically, if you've ever seen the new Star Wars movies, have you seen no, Star I Wars? I've seen one or two movies. Okay, have you seen the second one? The one with uh, Jango Fett in it? Uh, I think so. Attack of the Clones, I think. Yeah, I think so. Which the second movie of the series or the second movie that they made? Episode two. Which is I don't I don't know. Attack of the Clones. Is it okay? So do you know like as far as what 
Episode two, yeah. I think, yeah, I've seen episode two. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So if you remember the part where they're on Coruscant and they're in like the, the lower city, uh, where they go, they go into the bar and he's like, uh, do you want to buy any death sticks? And he's like, you don't want to sell me death sticks. And he's like, I don't want to sell you death sticks. You want to go home and rethink your life. You remember that part? Not really. Really? Okay. Well, the point being that the aesthetic of the entire Coruscant undercity or whatever is basically lifted directly from Blade Runner. Wow. Okay. Except not as good. So in Blade Runner, it's a lot like that, but better. <laughs> Which doesn't really help much if you haven't, if you don't remember it. So, oh well. Yeah, I'm. It's been a while. Sorry, man. That's no, all good. Anyway, where was I going with that? Oh yeah, I was talking about it in Mass Effect. Mass Effect is nothing like it. Just some of the music was similar. I don't know. Mass Effect is kind of like it, it. It's like Star Trek Voyager. I don't know if you've ever seen Star Trek. I, I've seen a, like episodes here and there, but not not enough to like be a fan or anything. Okay. Well, it, it's not like the same thing, but it's like Star Trek Voyager in the sense that there's a lot of like a lot of it is just kind of cheesy and not all that great. But there are a few episodes, a few pieces here and there that are really, really good, and it's worth watching all the stuff that's kind of mediocre to get to the parts that are really good. Mass Effect is a lot like that. Like, There's a lot of it which is like, ah, oh, the same. You know, it's a hallway with enemies in it. Great. Oh, I gotta go hit the button over here? Great. I mean, it's the same same old thing. But every once in a while, you get a, a portion of it that's really good. I think I was playing... I started playing a bit of the third one this weekend, too. And... There's a there's a piece where you're on this enemy ship. You're okay, so you're trying to get all these different allies on your side so you can go fight the main enemy. And as a part of doing that, you end up attacking this one ship and you're on the ship trying to shut down something so they can attack from the outside. And you shut it down and these people that you're trying to get to be on your side as allies start firing on your ship and you're like, Stop shooting at the ship. I'm on the ship still. <laughs> Wait until I get off. And they're like, Nope, we're not waiting. We're gonna shoot down the ship. We don't care if you're on it. And so you, you get back off and you get back to your ship and, you know, you're meeting with them and the other people you're trying to get on your side. And then you like you have the choice to either kind of smooth it over or confront them about it. And so it's really great because you get the option to do uh, like one of the most fun things from stuff like Star Trek where you're just like, get off my ship. And, and they're like, but we're going to have an alliance. You're like, I don't want to see you on my ship anymore. Get off my <laughs> ship. Which is just really satisfying when you're like, yeah, I'm kind of mad that they were trying to shoot down the ship while I was still on it. So that's some of the great moments. I mean, gameplay-wise, it's kind of a generic third-person shooter, you know, cover-based shooter. It's like, okay, it's all right. But I don't know. Have you played any third-person shooters at all? Or um, I've ha- I have to say... Yes, I have. Um, if Portal counts, <laughs> um, I mean, besides Portal, <laughs> Portal's you know first-person shooter, kind of. Yeah, it's at least yeah, it's um, Portal's cool. Portal's really cool. Yeah, Portal's great. I like. It's been forever since I played it. Played that. I think. What's it? It. It's been like five or six years. I think. Seriously? Since I played the first Has one, it been that long. It's wow. been a while, man. 
I I remember playing um, I remember playing Portal in just like like two days or something. I played the entire thing. Um, yeah, the original one's like two hours long or something, really short. Like I think I can beat it in an hour now. Well, I did last well. time I played it. The second one's a lot longer and a lot better. Wow. Okay. The well, second one's really good. Maybe I should get it. I'm sorry. What? I didn't hear what you maybe said. Maybe I should get it then. Oh, have you not played it? Not Portal Two. No. Oh, you need to. <laughs> that one's really good. It should be pretty cheap on Steam now. It's excellent. Okay. It's got a lot, the uh, the voice acting's a lot better. The story's a lot better. There's great portions of it where you go into some old portions of Aperture and their recordings from like the guy that originally ran Aperture, who's played by um, what's his name? I'm totally blanking on his name. He he did the voice for uh, the newspaper guy in Spider-Man, like the old one. What's his name? I I don't know. I can't remember his name. Anyway, he did a really good job. And all the all the voice acting and the writing and stuff is great and that it's funny and you know, it's portal. That's awesome. I was I was actually just um I somehow came across this info that apparently Portal Two is not was supposed to be a game with um completely different uh, aspects to the game than Portal One. It was it wouldn't have the portal gun, apparently. Oh, okay. Hold on. It was J.K. Simmons. I don't know why I couldn't remember his name. Anyway, about what you were saying, you were saying it's not supposed to be completely different? The original idea for Portal 2 was to have basically completely do away with the portal gun. Yeah. So the original build of it had no portals in it at all or the portal gun at all. They had some other game mechanic, which was apparently really interesting. But the problem was they, they were like, this is Portal 2 and handed it to people and they were like, where are the portals? Yeah, yeah. You can't call it Portal 2 if there's no portal gun. And they were like, oh, hmm, maybe this isn't going to be as fun as we thought. So they kind of shelved this other idea, which they're supposedly going to bring back in another game at some point. I forget what they called it. They had a name for it, but it was apparently a super interesting uh, game mechanic. But, you know, I, the, the portal mechanic works well for portal, you know, maybe because it's named after it. So so, what was that game that you, I can't even remember what that game we were talking about last week that we we kept thinking you know Valve needs to release but hasn't? What was it? Uh, which one? What what did we talk about last week? There was a I think it was last week we were talking about a game that like we were talking about maybe it wasn't last week but we were talking about how Valve um, is focusing a lot on making like more corporate, you know, merchandise and stuff like that. Oh, you're talking about Dota 2 and how they, they're doing an, a, a version with updated graphics? Well, we were talking about, like, the, I remember there's this specific game that you um, you wanted, you knew that a bunch of fans wanted, they were expecting, everybody was expecting this game. Oh, you mean Half-Life 3? Yes, that's probably what it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, um, I would say, like, like now we're talking about Portal. Like there's a there's a reasonable suspicion. I've never played Half Life, but I I know a little bit about it. So sadly, I don't really know all the ins and outs between Half Life and Portal. But um, there's uh, apparently there's a reasonable uh, association between 
a portal in Half-Life to where they could somehow merge the, the sequel of both games into one game. Is that right? Yeah, uh, game mechanic-wise, I don't know how that would work, but they're definitely in the same universe because there's a aperture. There was an Aperture Science ship called Borealis, I think, which was mentioned in I think Portal Two. There's a it's mentioned in the voiceover, and there's like a locked chamber, or there's a uh, a dry dock or something like that where you can see where it used to be, and then it's also mentioned in Half Life Two Episode Two. And the idea is, like, in episode three, you were supposed to actually go find this Aperture Science ship. But they never released episode three or Half-Life 3. So it's just kind of a cliffhanger. And they don't appear interested in working on it anymore, unless they're secretly working on it. So who knows? It's one of those things where I feel like there's there's no way they can resolve that story in a way that's going to live up to everyone's expectations at this point. Because the start of the story was really good. Like for Half-Life, they actually hired a science fiction writer to write the story for them instead of trying to write it themselves. And it ended up being really good. I mean, it kind of stereotypical. Like, There's a secret government facility and then aliens invaded. But like <laughs> it it worked really well and was really compelling in the game. It, and, you know, continuing on to Half-Life 2, it worked really well. And, you know, some of the story wasn't quite as good in Half-Life 2, but it still had plenty of momentum. I feel like by the time it gets to Half-Life 3 it might just break down completely. Like, I'm not sure there's a good way to wrap that story up. Mm. But then again, I don't, I don't think you've played either of them. No, have I you? haven't. Okay. We no. definitely should at some point. They should be pretty cheap on steam and they're definitely worth playing. So, yeah, I don't know. It, it will be interesting to see if they ever actually finish out the story and what they do with it. If so, yeah, I know. That's pretty cool. I like Valve from what I've played, which hasn't been a lot, but like Portal is pretty rad. Yeah, well, okay. So uh, for the game discussion today, on a slightly less happy note, um, one of the news things from this week was that the president of Nintendo, uh, yeah. Satoru Iwata, passed away this week, which is sad i don't know a whole lot about him but apparently he was a really cool guy uh, there was a story that at one point they were going to have to lay a bunch of people off because they just didn't have enough money to pay everybody and so he cut his own salary in half so they didn't have to lay anybody off wow and stuff like that's really cool he seems like a really like normally executives tend to be really uptight and he was not like he was in presentations and stuff and he was always he always had a good sense of humor and stuff like that so yeah wow it's a pity but i never really grew up with nintendo consoles or anything like that well because that's not true i had a game boy but i you know i I didn't grow up with a snes or anything like that so i don't have a huge history with nintendo and understand a whole lot about what's going on there i just occasionally play things on a game boy or i have a wii u that i use occasionally for super smash bros and stuff like that but I don't know. Yeah. Have you uh, used Nintendo stuff? I there was a, a brief period. It's of like my the life. most poorly phrased question. <laughs> so uh, Nintendo. Now there was a there was a brief period in my life where I was at, uh, I guess, my cousin's house in Canada, and we had lived, been living there for uh, like six months or something, and 
they had a Nintendo 64, I think. Um, so, yeah, we played Donkey Kong and stuff, but that was pretty fun. I, right, cool. I like, I like that a lot. But, uh, but yeah, not really, not really growing up as far as like really growing up on that kind of stuff. Not really, no. Yeah. It's, it's funny, like, I've played a few SNES games. I remember going over to other people's houses and playing, you know, Donkey Kong Country and stuff like that and really enjoying it, but I never had a SNES. And I've been meaning to get one for a while just because I have a HDMI converter that will let me plug any old consoles in and oh, sweet. hook them up to, you know, it'll upscale it and stuff. And it looks all right. Might be worth playing. But uh, some of that stuff is available on Wii U now. Like, I have Legend of Zelda nice. linked to the past on the virtual console so i can play that on the wii u gamepad or on the wii u and that's a good game but i'm not big on um 2d rpgs and stuff like that but i like that one legends of zelda or legend of zelda yeah a link to the past sweet i think the it's it's kind of funny the first legend of zelda game i played all the way through was wind waker and I really liked that. And a lot of people are like, I don't really like that one. But I really liked it because it held up well because the art style is all cell shaded. So even though the textures aren't that high quality, you can upscale it to a high resolution. Like I played it in 4K and it looked amazing. Huh. And it's super cool because it happens. Everything happens on the water. You're just in it like a you have your own little ship and you fly around from island to island fighting enemies and doing quests and all sorts of stuff. It was a lot of fun. The boss battles were super annoying, though. Like, okay, so you... Every time you finish one of the little dungeons, you there's a boss battle. Well, at the end of the game, you have to fight all of the bosses from the game back-to-back with no saves. Wow. So if you fail any of the bosses that you've already fought, which is boring to begin with, then you have to fight them all over again. So since I was using an emulator to play it, I just quick saved the whole time so that I didn't have to do that. But I was like, really? <laughs> wow. Stuff like that works a lot better when you only have one game to play and it's, you know, it's worth having one game that's super challenging so it takes way longer to play. But you're like, I don't have right, 50 right. hours to put in most games. Like I, I make exceptions for stuff like The Witcher every once in a while, but I don't want to try the same section over and over and over. It's like, because... Yeah, that was the thing about yeah. Donkey Kong is, is that was, that was the thing. It was there's always this one part where you would just like die, and, I mean, you had saves to an extent, but a lot of times you'd have to restart the whole level again. Yeah, I don't mind that happening every once in a while, like with one or two sections. It's nice to have a little bit of a challenge, but if I'm having to do that constantly, then I just get annoyed. But then again, I'm. I guess I wouldn't consider myself a hardcore gamer either. I just like to enjoy it. Depends on the game too. With something like a, a game that's more like Doom, where it's the entire game is the gameplay, that's more acceptable than a game like Mass Effect or something where it's like, oh, I died. Now I get to watch three cutscenes again. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, it was okay the first time, but after the third or fourth time. Like, okay, I'm getting real tired of this. That's one of the worst things. Like, quick, oh, a game should never autosave directly before a cutscene. 
or it should at least autosave directly before and then after too because the worst thing is when the old, like you're not allowed to manually save and it only autosaves before like a 10 minute cutscene yeah and then every annoying. time you die you gotta watch the whole thing again <laughs> that would be kind that's of that's why sad. in games like, like narrative games I tend to set the difficulty to the easiest on purpose because I know something like that's gonna happen and I know I'm gonna be mad it's just easier to be like, okay, I want to be guaranteed that I'm going to be able to get all the way through this. Or actually, I usually set it to normal and then change it to easy later. But yeah, it's like, that's the way that goes. Just got a text message. I thought it was something important, but it's just spam. <laughs> I don't know what happened, but I'm suddenly getting a ton of spam messages. Serious? Wow. Yeah. I don't know what the deal is. Thankfully, I just block the numbers and they'll go away for a while. Yeah, I've never had that problem. Yeah, anyway, that's a tangent. I, I thought <laughs> it was something important. Um, I guess it's like email. Like, as soon as you put your number out there, then people just text you. Or bots. Yeah, or I can block it, so it's not a big deal, but it's just kind of a pain. Like, phone calls are less annoying because I know that if it's not, if they're not in my contacts, I don't care. They can leave a message. And I like most of the time I get phone calls while I'm at work anyway, so I'm not answering the phone. If you leave me a message and it's an emergency, if you leave me a message, I'll listen to it. And if it's an emergency, I'll call you back. If it's not an emergency, I'll call you back after I get off work. So that's less annoying, but text messages are just annoying because I end up reading it anyway, which I guess is why they text you ads and stuff. But, you know. I, actually, what's more annoying than that are ads on web pages that open links to iTunes. That's something that needs to be fixed. I don't know if you've ever had this happen, but there's a, a thing where you can open a page in the App Store, and people have figured out how to embed that script in sidebar ads on websites. And so you'll just open the page for you know like an article or something, and it'll immediately redirect you to the App Store. Oh, man. That is infuriating. Wow. I've never had that happen before. <laughs> yeah, it, that's weird. Yeah, it's really annoying. And click on a news article on Twitter or whatever, and then I'm in the app store. I'm like, great. It's like on the computer. It's also annoying because I can just, you know, hit Command Q and it quits. But on the phone, where it switches apps, and then I have to quit the app and go back, and the page probably reloads. You have to hope that ad doesn't load again. Actually, a lot of times I just end up giving up on reading whatever article it was because it wasn't worth it anyway i don't know that was a random tangent oh yeah that reminds me have you tried out apple music oh man i was going to and, and that just is a very forgot. good question and no i have not it's supposed yeah, to be better bothered, i guess than Spotify. Uh, maybe i will at some point but yeah i should that's a good good uh we should have talked about oh well next next week we will talk about uh, our new new experiences with Apple Music and how good or bad how it's changing the world. Yeah, how it's changing the world for the better or for the worse. Stay tuned. It's gonna cure the world's hunger for music, at least. Yeah, yeah, that's that's good. No, I don't. I don't think it's anything world changing or anything. I think it's. The same kind of thing everybody else has been doing, most likely. Yep. Just maybe maybe a little bit 
easier to get access to. I don't know. We'll see. Actually, they changed the icon so for the music. Oh, wow. Buttons. I'm impressed. So, wonder how long it took them to make that decision. I'd like to know what that meeting was like. We're planning to announce the newest version of the music app <laughs> with an updated icon. And everyone claps. So I guess it must be good then. That's new and improved. It's rainbow color. Actually, it's not rainbow colored. It's like kind of a... It's like purple and blue and, and red. It's, I don't know. Hmm. Look, I haven't updated my phone in forever because I just... Most of the time I don't need whatever new feature it is that they're adding. Because it's always something really small and iterative. And I the things that I use my phone for are Facebook and texts. And that's it. Well, I use my phone to listen to music. Yeah. Okay, well, I think we might be about to wrap up. Yeah, I guess we could wrap up. I don't... The Skype call call quality is rapidly dropping, (laughs) and I'm afraid it's just going to cut out completely. Okay. And... It's been a slow week, so I think we'll go ahead and wrap up. Sure. So, Zachary, where can people find you if they want to listen to your music or see things that you say? Okay. Um, Twitter at Zachary Bruno and SoundCloud at, or not at, but SoundCloud, Koi Reef. Um, If you want to connect with me on Facebook, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. Um, I, I feel like it's going to be kind of weird to just like spout off a bunch of usernames, but um, that's why you need unified branding. Yeah. All the okay, same. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's easy for you to say, I guess. I don't have. I guess my name is too popular or something. I guess I don't know. I mean, there's like four different people that have variations of my name on Twitter, so I can't get my actual username. Speaking of Twitter. My Twitter account is Lytle Jordan, L-Y-T-L-E-J-O-R-D-A-N. Um, yeah, and that's the only place I am on the internet. If you want to listen to this podcast regularly and download it, be notified whenever it comes out, you can find it on iTunes, or you can find it on CollectedNonsense.com. And it should post every Thursday most weeks. Last week it was on Friday, but, you know, things happen. Yep. So that's it. All right. Peace out. All right. See you next week.